Alrighty, everyone, welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, bringing you a very merry episode of Monday Madness. I'm touring and recording from the road, as I am now in Palm Springs, California, meeting up with family for the holidays. I get to spend a full week here in the beautiful and sunny weather with some people I really jive with. That being said, uh, my laptop isn't exactly plugged in, so it may decrease the audio quality, and there could be lawnmowers, birds chirping in the background, a lot of different ambient noises, so... I invite you to join me on this porch in Palm Springs as we talk about all this data. I hope you yourself will find some time to spend it with people that you like. If you have the space, reach out to someone who may not have plans for Christmas this year. That neighbor down the street with the heart of ice. A friend who isn't able to go home for Christmas. Someone who lacks a support group. These past two years presented a lot of unique challenges for all of us, and I can speak from personal experience when I say this. A little kindness goes a long way. If you can invite someone to share food and drink in your home, they might be endlessly grateful. I really do believe that if you put good intentions out to the world, they find their way back. But you didn't come here to listen to me spout about Christmas karma. You came to hear about the most impactful data and news in the world of energy, so let's do it. First, commodity prices. The good news is that WTI hit a high of 72.76 last week. The bad news is that it is now down to 66.29. Monday volatility is to be expected, but this got pushed down pretty low in price. No idea why we're seeing such a sudden drop, but I expect some sort of price rebound through midday or by the end of the week at the latest. Natural gas has flipped the script. It did fall to lower prices through the weekend, but right now the price is 385. I don't think it will get any higher than that today, but January will bring much colder temps and higher demand for an already tight commodity. Not a lot to report here, so we'll just move on. Next, the rig count. The holidays have seemed to slow down activity just a little bit. While the changes may be few, they are for the better. The U.S. is up three rigs according to the most recent rig count, which brings us to a total of 579 or 233 more rigs than we did have this time last year. The Permian maintains the status quo of leading the pack and tacked on another two rigs. The Ardmore Woodford and Haynesville followed with one each. The Marcellus was the only one to show up to the party with fewer rigs. It lost one. State by state gets a little bit more exciting with Texas up three, Oklahoma up two, and Pennsylvania and Louisiana up one. The biggest loser was West Virginia who lost two, while California and New Mexico lost one. The net new rigs will be targeting mostly oil, and they are vertical. Offshore rigs also found a way to increase by bringing the total from 14 to 15. Next is the inventory report, which you could have caught on our website. I know I harp about it every week, but if you haven't checked it out yet, do it. I really do think you'll enjoy it. Go to rarepetro.com and navigate to the Thirsty Thursday section. You get to learn a new cocktail every week, and you get to nerd out over some inventory data. You get a free pass on this week. I mean... Don't miss next Thursdays, though. Go ahead and check out the website on Thursday or just follow us on LinkedIn, and you won't miss it, but here's the data to get you caught up. The EIA has been posting great results so far. This time last year, we saw a build of about 15 million barrels, so it's nice to see that that's not the case this year. While the EIA predicted a 2 million barrel drawdown, it was actually much greater at 4.5 million. The API also expected a draw of around 2 million barrels, but reported much more meek results with an 800,000 barrel drawdown. While the API has been predicting much smaller drawdowns in magnitude, both agencies agree that it is in fact a drawdown. This is now three straight weeks of drawdowns, which we haven't witnessed since, I think, back since September. This also brings oil inventories quite a bit lower than the historical five-year range. In the last report we made, gasoline inventory spiked more than 4 million barrels and prices fell around 2 cents per gallon on average. 
The most recent data suggests that gasoline inventories fell by about 700,000 barrels, which again brings gasoline to lower than its five-year historical range, but not by much. The average price of gasoline fell by more than two cents across the U.S. Some states are once again witnessing average prices lower than $3 a gallon. While this is good news, this is still an incredibly underwhelming response, considering that millions of barrels of crude are being mobilized from the SPR, and the EPA reduced the required amount of ethanol that is to be blended with fuels. While this two-cent price decrease is greater than the less-than-two-cent change from the week prior, it's still minimal improvement. The downward price action is going to have to accelerate if the Biden administration wants to claim any credit. We find it unlikely that fuel prices are going to make decent improvements at the start of next year. Distillates had a surprisingly large draw, but it was just small enough to remain within its five-year historical range. Propane also had a bit of a draw, which pushes it to lower than the five-year historical range, but only barely. While not incredibly exciting, I think this is the most action we've seen for these two categories for months. That rounds out our statistics. Now we will discuss some of the biggest stories, and I'd like to start with what I consider to be one of the best topics of all confirmation bias. <laughs> if you've been listening to this podcast for some time, you would know that the Rare Petro organization is incredibly bullish on oil, especially in the sense of the WTI price. Turns out that Goldman Sachs shares a similar outlook. While the future is not set in stone, they predict that oil demand will see a new peak in 2022 and once again in 2023, hopefully getting past all of the COVID fiasco. On top of this, they mentioned $100 oil is not out of the question as demand was quickly rebounding before Omicron and air travel is expected to get more popular as well. Areas like Asia, Australia, and New Zealand were initially very aggressive on travel restrictions and should come out of those soon. Still, these factors are small potatoes when compared to the future. The company predicts two outcomes that may justify a $100 barrel. The first situation is simple. There is inflation everywhere in the economy, especially in energy, so oil services may just become that much more expensive. Since we are incredibly dependent on the natural resource, we will pay whatever the price is, only feeding back into that cycle of inflation. The second scenario involves a much simpler situation, and one that I feel is rather likely. The demand for oil outpaces the available supply. We are already knee-deep in this issue. Reserves have been trending downward, and there's not a lot of investment in new production. COVID has decreased the demand for oil, but there may not be enough oil to go around should we fully emerge from the pandemic. Goldman Sachs considered the price of oil hitting 110 in this situation quite conceivable. OPEC Plus plans to meet soon to address the possibility of production restrictions much more, but that may not come until the new year. And then if you remember last week's episode, we talked about how the Cambo oil field, just off the coast of the UK, will be put on hold as Shell relocates. This may leave the UK short of its necessary oil and gas resources to properly function. Now a letter has been written in an attempt to address the, quote, hostile investment environment, end quote. The letter from Aberdeen and Grampian Chamber of Commerce has also been supported by the British Chambers of Commerce and the Scottish Chambers of Commerce. Additionally, it has also been signed by 58 leading figures from business and civic life in Aberdeen. So lots of people, especially in the north side of UK, are on board with this letter. Basically, they all see a problem with failing to take advantage of developing this field, and they talk about that far more eloquently than I ever could, so I'm just going to pull directly from their letter. It says, A transition, by definition, is a state of change over time. This is one of the most complex challenges we have faced in our history, and it doesn't lend itself to a simple who's good, who's bad, who's green, who's not approach. To characterize it in this way is overly simplistic. 
We must now pause and allow for a reasoned debate about energy futures and how they take place. At the time, we urge politicians to reflect carefully on their public statements on oil and gas and the impact they have on investment in the industry. We must not create an adverse policy environment at this crucial moment in our energy transition journey. End quote. The letter goes on to talk about the EIA's predictions for 2050 and how significant amount of oil will still be required. They say, quote, There is no current future scenario where there is not a requirement for some oil and gas. It continues to be required for people to travel, heat and power their homes, and for the manufacture of many everyday goods. This leaves us with two options. To produce this domestically, with full control over the regulatory environment in which it is extracted, or to import an increasing amount of our energy with the heavier carbon toll that shipping it from other parts of the world carries. The latter makes little economic sense and even less environmental sense. End quote. Really, there's not much for me to expand on here because anything I say would just recycle what they've already put out there. They've hit the nail on the head. People are scrambling to secure energy resources before it's too late, and maybe it took Shell leaving the Netherlands to bring the rest of the world to their senses. But folks, that is all I've got for you today. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and subscribe. We should be releasing our monthly news look back tomorrow in the form of Basin Breakdown, so you won't want to miss that. If you have any questions about energy, shoot us a message at podcast at rarepetro.com. We will be sure to address your questions in a future episode. Thanks again for tuning in. Happy holidays, and take care, everybody.